welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. For free resources and free messages, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. My father had many wives. He specialized in, in wives, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and to say that my father uh, did not marry the submissive type is a great understatement. You know? and, and, and I remember one of his wives, um, she would bark out these orders, and she would always end her sentences with two words. She would say, that's all. <laughs> she would say this, and then she'd say, that's all. And, and she'd tell people what to do, and she'd say, that's all. And, and in other words, when she said, that's all, that's Rebecca. She's saying, only obey my voice. She closed off all discussion. Might as well have here written in the Bible, Rebecca said, that's all. Anyway, it was all. Because verse 13, or the first words of verse 13 are very important. The first words of verse 13 is that he gets the message. And the first word says, he went, he fetched. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and words of verse 14, he went and fetched, show us that the message of that's all. That got through to Jacob. You know, only obey my voice. That got through to Jacob. So the picture that, that, that we see here from verses 14 through 16 is Rebecca at work and Jacob just going and then just standing by and just watching his mother as she's just doing all these things, she says, in verses 14 through 17. You know, he went, fetched the brother of his mother. His mother made savory meat, such as the father loved. And Rebecca took goodly raiment in her, her eldest son Esau, which were with her in the house, and put them upon Jacob, her younger son. And she put the skins of the kids of the uh, goats upon his hands, upon the smooth of his neck. And she gave the savory meat and brought the bread and she, that she had prepared, in case there was any question about that, into the hand of the, uh, her son Jacob. So just reading in these verses 14 through 17 about what Rebecca's doing, it makes you tired. <laughs> it's like, you know what, she's a whirlwind. I mean, she's making and taking and putting and giving and preparing. And we can imagine, what's Jacob doing? He's just standing there. He's standing there he's, uh, waiting for his mother to call him. And verse 15, when we read there that, that Rebecca put them upon Jacob, her younger son, we, we see that Rebecca didn't even trust her young 77-year-old son to dress himself in <laughs> Esau's clothes. She, Mama dresses Esau here. I mean, dresses Jacob in Esau's clothes. Yeah. And in verse 16, when we read, she put the skins of the kids of the goats upon his neck and upon the spoon of his head, we read that she, Rebecca didn't even trust her young 77-year-old little boy, Jacob, uh, to put the, the skins on him. His mama put those skins on him. So what a sight he must have looked like, you know, uh, Jacob. He's got these goat skins tied on his neck, you know back of his neck and his hands and probably on his face too we don't know but you know this so that when he goes gets close he can feel this 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 goat skin and i can tell you from experience that doesn't smell great you know <laughs> goat skin you know i have a couple of goats uh, heads which are stuffed big billy i have and another one um, it's really beautiful, done by Lions O'Haver Taxman. They did a great job in stuffing this big black goat. He stinks so bad, we can't keep him hung anywhere except in the attic in three black plastic bags. 
<laughs> so he smells so bad. And it's been almost 30 years, and he still smells. Anyway, so there stood Jacob with this stinky, sticky, bloody goatskin tied on his hands, on his neck, probably on his face, and, which his mama put on him. Yeah. So in verse 17, when we read then that she gave the savory meat into the hand of her son, we see that she didn't even trust her little 77-year-old Jakey there to, to, to get the food. She prepared his mom and puts the food in his hand. So verse 18 now is a terrifying moment for Jacob. He is afraid of being caught by his father, Isaac. And the scene now, we're coming in here and and he says these words, my father, which just launches us right back as we saw to Genesis 22-7 when it was in Isaac marching up the the hill there, uh, Moriah, that that says to his father, my son. And and so he calls out, you know, that was the time when Isaac called out to his father, Abraham, only now Isaac's in the role of his father, Abraham. And and Jacob here, he's in the role of Isaac. And in verse 18, it says he came to his father and he said, my father. And he said, here am I. Who am I? Who art thou, my son? So Jacob starts out calling out with my father. And Isaac responds with, here am I. That's just the same words as we had in Genesis 22. It's good. But then this last part is terrifying. When, when Jacob hears him says, who are you, <laughs> my son? Who art thou, my son? I mean, Isaac has been operating in secrecy. This has been in this secret little plan he's had there. And, and, and now we see Isaac, he's worried that maybe his secret plan is getting exposed. And so, you know, Isaac, we see him here with this guilty conscience. He's, now he's suspicious, you know, and he has no boldness. Exactly the opposite of Proverbs 28.1 where it says, The wicked flee when no man pursueth. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Isaac's not bold. There's a lion here. He's got this question, who art thou, my son? And now we see uh, Jacob, boy, he's got like no hesitation. He just jumps right into the full lie. And, and Jacob said unto his father, well, I'm Esau, thy firstborn. You know, like, what did you think? And he said, I've done according to, as thou badest me. Arise, I pray thee, sit and eat of my venison, that thy soul may bless me. There are so many lies in what he's just said here. It's like hard to count them all. And it's shocking for us to read that Jacob has no hesitation, but he just jumps way in over his head with lies. You know, I am Esau, thy firstborn. I don't think so. I have done according as thou hast bade me. Not really. See, we look at verse 19, we ask the question, how in the world could Jacob say this to his father? How could he do this? I mean, it, it just comes so natural to him. Well, you know what? Lying comes natural to us too in our sinful nature. As it says in Psalm 58, the wicked go as- are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Well, this is a pretty unflattering picture of Jacob. It's a pretty unflattering picture of a lot of people in this chapter who are very important in the history of God's people. And, and there are some, some pretty unflattering pictures of some very important people in the history of God's people. I mean, we're looking at Isaac here, and this is not a flattering picture of Isaac. We're looking at Rebecca. We already said about her. And we're looking at Jacob here. I mean, you know, Isaac, Jacob, these are two of the most important patriarchs in the trio of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And so how does this work? It brings the question, how does this work with God? When these very important people of his people are behaving so badly, I mean, how does it work with God when we behave so badly? 
How can we be reading about Isaac's secrecy to push God's plan off and stubbornly push his own interest through and just totally ignore God? How can we read this in the Bible that God calls himself the God of Isaac? How does that work? You know, how can we be reading about Jacob telling these blatant lies, totally ignoring God as the God of truth, and then read in the Bible that God calls himself the God of Jacob? How does that happen? I mean, the problem is not that Isaac and Jacob did these terrible things. That's not the problem. The problem is, how could God call himself the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob? So what is God thinking when he calls himself the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob when you read these things? What we see from this is that God is not focused on their faults. He's focused on their progress. And what we're going to see, we're going to see some serious repentance take place as we go through the book and a real change that's going to happen on the part of Isaac and Jacob. And that's what God's focused on. And and so, you know, here at the chapel, we're a small fellowship and we have an opportunity to get to know each other really well. And that can be bad (laughs) because, you know, we, we might come to somebody, another person and say, can you imagine that he did that? What do you think about it? He's a Christian, and he did that. And then we can respond and say, well, just imagine what he'd do if he wasn't a Christian. <laughs> so we look at this chapter, and it causes us to remember God is not focused on our failures. In our sins, especially the sins and failures of the past, he's focused on our progress, on where we're going. And so therefore, that's the way we pray for each other. Now, we can just picture as this is going on here that Rebecca, she's standing around the corner. She's got one eye focused there strongly on Jacob. Maybe he can see her. I don't know. He's giving her coaching. And, and, and then she's got another eye. She's peeled out that eye for Esau. And we can imagine that when Jacob told Isaac that he was Esau, that, that Rebecca just, she fight down and said, Yes, that a boy. You know? <laughs> oh, you're good. You're doing great. Almost in the bag. Keep going, Jacob. And Jacob just keeps going deeper and deeper with the lies by telling, I have done according to all of thou baddest me. So Jacob, he's told these lies. He's not Esau. He says he's Esau. He was not told by Isaac what to do. He says he was told what to do. He didn't do what Isaac said to do. He didn't do that. Not only did he not prepare it, it wasn't even venison. It was goat meat. That's the way lies work. You know, you don't just tell one lie. You've got to keep going. Lies are a sucking trap here. You got to, oh, this lie is going to get, oh, I got to tell this lie. No, now I got to tell this lie. And before you know, you got a whole web of lies. You got a lot of repenting to do. And that's what we see here. So, what we see at the end of verse 19 is that Jacob's kind of tired of telling all those lies. So, he's just kind of anxious. So, he says, okay, now can you just get on with it and bless me with your soul? And and we see in verse 20 that Isaac, he just does, there's something, no, he's suspicious. He he says, you know, he says, I'm getting pushed into this blessing. You know, in verse 19, verse 20, he says, Isaac said unto us, said, how is it? How is, how did this happen? How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And Jacob, you know, he says, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. And Rebecca's going, yes, you know, good. And see, Isaac's suspicion, it grows. Because Isaac's wondering, how is he able to find that venison so quickly? And, and for Jacob, that's a real problem. And he didn't even ask his mother before. What if I get asked this question? He's so quick on the spot there. You know, how he found it so fast. And here we see Jacob very quick on his feet when he says, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. 
Now, when Jacob said to Isaac, because the Lord thy God brought it to me, there's one word in that statement, because the Lord thy God brought it to me, that really reveals something very important about Jacob, that we, re- we maybe didn't know this before. Now, what word is that in that statement that tells us something about Jacob that we didn't know? One word. Take a guess. Thy. Right? Is that what you said? Thy. Yeah. See, it's that word, thy. The Lord, thy God, brought it to me. He, see, he didn't say, the Lord, my God, brought it to me. He didn't say, the Lord, our God, brought it to me. Why not? Because when Jacob called God thy God, when Jacob called God Isaac's God, he was saying, he's not, he's not my God. He's not Jacob's God. Jacob is saying the Lord God was only Isaac's God and not Jacob's God. See, when Jacob called the Lord God thy God, Jacob was saying that you and I, we don't have the same God. We're not on the same page. See, when Jacob called the Lord God thy God, that was a real pushback statement that Jacob was making where Jacob was saying to Isaac that God was, it was his God, it's not my God. What a heartbreak this is for Isaac. Of course, he thinks he's talking to Esau, but the same is true. What a heartbreak for Isaac to hear his son say, it's your God. With that one word, die, when Jacob called the Lord God, thy God, Jacob is refusing to call the Lord God, my God. It's a huge conversion when a person goes from calling God, God, to my God. It's a huge change when a son or a daughter who's raised in a Christian home makes that transition to call God, my God. It's huge when a son or a daughter who's had to come to church becomes converted from calling God, my parents' God, to calling God, my God. It's salvation is evidenced when a person comes inside the fold and then calls the Lord Jesus Christ, my God. It's huge when a person is saved and he says to God, my Lord, my God, my Jesus. That's huge. And it'll be huge for Jacob when he makes this transition from calling the Lord God, thy God, to calling the Lord God, my God. Actually, that's not far from Jacob. We're coming up on it. Because Jacob is about to lay out for God the terms. The terms that it will take for Jacob to call the Lord my God. Turn to Genesis 28, verse 28 to 21. Because here, Jacob is laying out for God what it's going to take for Jacob to call the Lord my God. In Genesis 20 where we read, and Jacob vowed a vow, saying, if God will be with me, and keep me in this way that I go, and give me bread to eat, and raiment to put on, so that I come again unto my father's house in peace, then shall the Lord be, what? My God. Very important verse. Now, in these verses, Jacob makes it very clear that he's not just going to call the Lord my God, Unless God meets five conditions, he says five conditions here have to be met in order for Jacob to call God my God. First, he says in in verse 20, he says, if God will be with me. So Jacob is saying if God, that God, first condition that God has to make is he's got to be with Jacob no matter where he goes and what he does. And he'll put God to the test on that. And 
Second condition, and he has to keep him in this way that I go. So he's got to protect him. So one, be with him. Two, protect him. But don't go away. That's not finished yet. Because Jacob now has a third condition. God has to give him bread to eat. Good thing he didn't say caviar. He said bread. <laughs> okay. Fourth condition, God has to give him clothes to wear. And the fifth condition, God has to bring him back home in peace. So Jacob told God that God had to meet those five conditions in order for Jacob to call God my God. Jacob told God that God could take it or leave it. (laughs) If God wanted Jacob to call him my God, then God had to come through with these five conditions. And those were non-negotiable. And that was Jacob's final offer to God. So God can take it or leave it. And so from seeing what we've seen in Jacob, I can't understand why God, why God even wanted him to call him my God. You know? I can't understand why God did not say to Jacob, you know, it's not such a great honor for you to call me my God. And, and so, you know what, I'm going to leave it. So, you know, I'm not going to take you up on your generous offer. <laughs> I mean, what did God get? If he met all these five conditions that Jacob laid out to him in this bargain, I mean, to have a lying, cheating, deceiver call him my God, is that such a great prize? Such a deal for God. How could God pass it up? I mean, God should just jump in on that offer. God should be so anxious that he says to Jacob, okay, okay, deal, I'll do it. I'll do it. Just give me a chance. But the amazing thing is that God did take Jacob up on that proposal. And all we can say is, what? Con- con- say it for me. Condescension, thank you. What, what that for God to humble himself to agree to meet Jacob's five non-negotiable demands? I mean, what did, what, why did God humble himself to meet Jacob's five non-negotiable demands? It's amazing. Because God loved Jacob and he saw past his present state of an arrogant man in Genesis 27 and 28, standing upright before God, to a future state of a broken man bowing the knee before God and clinging to him in Genesis 32. Psalm 8, 3 through 4. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, what's man? that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man, that thou visitest him. When I consider thy heavens and the work of thy fingers, the moon, the stars, which thou hast ordained, what's Jacob, that thou would even listen to his five demands? Philippians 2.8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Why would he do that? See, but God did hear Jacob say to to Isaac, because the Lord thy God brought it to me. I mean, he heard him say that. And we can imagine, you know, of course, he's listening to the other, but imagine when when he said that, that God said, what? Why am I being dragged in on this deceit? Well, I don't have anything to do with this. Why am I a part of this lie? Now, actually, let's give Jacob the benefit of the doubt, and let's, let's not really say he lied here, because really, in a way, it's true what Jacob said to Isaac. Because when Jacob said to Isaac, because the Lord thy God hath brought it to me, Jacob had a basis for justifying that that was true, that the Lord thy God had brought it to him. Now, now where's the truth in Jacob's statement when he says the Lord thy God brought it to me? 
Who really brought the meat to him? Rebecca brought the meat to him, right? Now, so there's truth. Let's give him a benefit of the doubt. There's truth in what Jacob said to Isaac because Jacob is seeing how dominating Rebekah was over Isaac. And so when, when Jacob told Isaac that the Lord thy God brought it to me, that was true because Rebekah was Isaac's Lord and God. <laughs> Try to be serious. Okay, verse 21. Now Isaac has a test to see if this is really Esau or not, and he wants him to come near so he can feel him. What do we see here? He's an affectionate father. He just come near. Affectionate father. And, and how it must have broken Jacob's heart for him to think, all the years of my life, how I wish that I could be my father's son. How I wish that he would have called me my son. How I wish that I could have felt my father. How I wish that my father would have called me to come close to him and kiss him. And, and, and just maybe... Jacob felt this resentment towards his father because his father loved Esau instead of him. And then he, he says, come near. And he, and he says, that I may feel thee. A very, very tender moment there. Very important. Come near, that I may feel thee. And later on, you'll see that in verse 26 where he says, again, come near now and kiss me, my son. You know, we just had the, the service here, the elements, and Dave Hall brought out something that's very interesting. You know, in the elements here, it's the Lord really like Isaac saying, come near and kiss me. Come near to me. Come near my son. I mean, that's really what taking the bread and remembering the death of the Lord and taking the juice and remembering the blood of the Lord is all about. It's all about just like God, just like if it was Isaac reaching out of his hand and just saying, Get, come close to me because I just want to grab the back of your neck and pull you into me. I want you to come near. I want you to kiss me. Kiss the son, says in Psalm 2. Now, uh, Jacob, verse 22, he's got no problem getting close to his father. Jacob went near unto Isaac, his father, and he felt him. And as he got, got up close, Isaac was able to feel him and feel that goat hair. Well, he didn't know it was goat hair. And then Isaac states his conclusion in verse 22. The voice is Jacob's voice, but the hands are the hands of Esau. And even though Jacob, he couldn't disguise his voice, the goat hair... It did the trick, just like Mama said. And Isaac was convinced this must be Esau because no one could have hair like that. <laughs> Such great hair. And we can picture Rebecca around the corner saying, yes, that goat hair did the trick. I knew it would. Verse 24. Now we see that Isaac still wants another confirmation that the person speaking to him really is Esau. So Isaac asked him in verse 24, and he said, Art thou my very son Esau? He said, I am, I am. So Jacob, he gives him his last confirmation. He really is. And then in, in verse 25, we see Jacob, he brings Isaac the meat and said, Isaac ate it. And so far, we've seen nothing said about the wine, bringing the wine at the end of verse 25. But we read here that Jacob took the initiative when it says, he said, bring it near to me, I will eat of my son's venison, my soul bless thee. He brought near to him, he did eat, and he brought him wine and he drank. Now, this was all a very tense moment for Jacob, and we can imagine how Jacob says to his father, you know, here, Dad, drink a little wine, drink a little more wine, just keep drinking that wine, you'll be fine. And more wine he drank, the more comfortable Jacob was starting to feel. And so he's getting him drunk. And so when Jacob is doing this to his father, giving him this wine, we can picture God in heaven saying, write that down. 
Take note of that. We're going to make a night come about when, when this same person is going to be given a lot of wine and be deceived by a sister named Leah who's going to impersonate herself as another sister named Rachel. And then the next morning when he wakes up, he's going to see, I've married the wrong person. Leah instead of Rachel. Thanks to the wine and a veil. And so just as Jacob used wine to deceive his father and take a blessing his father did not intend to do, give to Jacob, then, then he'll later be deceived himself by the wine, take a wife he didn't intend to take. And then as Jacob is standing there using Esau's coat to deceive his father, you know, God, we can picture God saying, can you write that down too, please? Because we've got to bring that back in the future also because we need another coat, another coat of a son. Of, now we'll make this coat Jacob's son. And we'll have this coat be many colors, and it'll be blood on it from a goat or whoever the animal. I think it was a goat. You know, and, and we'll just say, wild animals killed it. Thank you for listening to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you would like to hear more of this message or other messages by Tom Cantor, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or go to itunes.com and search for the Friendship with God podcast. All messages are cataloged by date and all available for free listening and free download. You can also call us directly for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor. Join the Creation Earth History Museum for our 10th Annual Museum Day Family Festival, Saturday, September 26th. Hi, this is Jason Payne, museum curator. I want to personally invite you and your families to a free, fun-filled event including new exhibits, testimonies from leading scientific experts, meet NASA astronaut Colonel Jeffrey Williams, and many others. Activities for the entire family. So join us Saturday, September 26th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go online to learn more at creationsd.org or call 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104.